the Spanish announce table. Hey, yo. It is episode 376 of the Spanish announce table. Tom, I mean, I was going to ask you, like, what's going on, what's new, and, I mean, outside of anything crazy, I mean, I think there's a heavy air in the wrestling world, and, I mean. Yeah, look. Yeah, it's uh, one bad thing led into another bad thing, uh, and it's just been kind of sad. So, uh, you know, I I think we're going to cover both topics in the news, but uh, I think the the topic of the week was the unfortunate passing of Scott Hall, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Yeah. Um, And that, man, it just stinks. It just stinks. And I think the reason why it stinks so much for me is because he went through so much addiction problems and issues just with staying on the straight and narrow, right? And for him to pass away because of complications from a surgery, just it just gets under my skin, right? It's like he got through all of this stuff just to have and again it's no one's fault as far as like complications from a surgery right it wasn't as if you know it was a botched surgery or whatever it was and hey everyone don't go to the medical professionals i'm not saying any of that it just is like man he got through the alcohol the drugs sorry feedback and, yeah no it's all good and so it just felt like man that just it just stinks. 63 is not that old. I mean, it's not. it is in pro wrestling, right? Like, that is very old in pro wrestling, especially the life they yeah, live. Yeah, but not for that, right? Like, that that's the whole weird emotions of it all, is that we we could have lost Scott Hall 20 years ago, 10 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not for DDP and, and Jake Roberts. I mean, we, I mean, you know, it feels right to shout them out like it feels like they gave us scott hall for well many more years and also scott hall's commitment to being clean right like it's one thing to say hey i want to help you but a desire to to live help yourself right. yeah yeah so well um, and yes, so but of course the ptsd of it all too with what happened with them and stuff so like i i i've i've lost very close family members to mm-hmm suffering through PTSD and then the subsequent alcoholism and led mm-hmm. it was a fall that that led to his death. I mean like I, I know it it's it feels wrong, right? It feels like you were robbed mm-hmm. of somebody because you know, I mean it was in the news recently. We didn't discuss it on here because that was, you know, it didn't feel like a big story like he was going for hip surgery. Right. And this happens, you know, unfortunately, like, this is another thing where they say, like, you know what I mean? Remember to tell the people you love that you love them while they're here because, like, like Bob Saget passed away from a fall in mm-hmm. his 60s, right? Like, we say, like, oh, man, you fall, you, you know, even if you break something, you, you know, you go to the doctor, like, you know, our age and below, you know, yeah, right? Like, 99% chance nothing's going to go wrong there, right? But... Well, and I, I think age, also, you know? well, but I also think 60 year olds should be going to the doctor too. I'm not saying like Scott Hall should have just stayed in his living room and be like, just deal with a broken hip, but, um, no, but I'm just saying, but that's like, that's, it can lead to complications, right? Like the course, whole, like yeah. your body just like, oh, we'll take the anesthesia and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll put you mm-hmm. under and we'll reset everything. Like yeah, your body's, you know what I mean? Like you'll lose, like people die from complications of a fall. Yeah, uh, more often no, than does. I think we're we're, we're I, Dusty Rhodes comes to mind too. You know, right. 
Um, yeah. And it's sad. And so it, it's- it really sucks because, like, Scott Hall was probably favorite of all time. Of Like, he's the coolest guy in the room, right? Like, every mannerism, everything, like, nobody was out-cooling Scott Hall no. anywhere. Yeah, no, he, and, and the thing about him is that it never felt forced. It never felt like mm. when he had to like go through the curtain, that's when he turned it on. It felt like the Scott Hall that you saw cutting a promo with the NWO in 1998 was the same Scott Hall you would have probably met in 1986 or 2006 or 2016. It's the same guy at any point in his life at any kind of, function as well right like you meet them at a meet and greet or you meet them at a wrestling show it's the same just like that fucking guy is the coolest person here now kevin nash also was cool i'm not trying to say like it was only scott hall and no one else but in the nwo wcw the the attitude era and i'm putting i'm lumping in and i'm not trying to be prisoner of the moment here. I, this is just honestly how I feel, but you lump in the rock and stone cold and Goldberg and sting and all. And like Scott hall is going to be the one that they kind of default to of like, he's, he's fucking. So, cool. and, and I think we've talked about this before, not about Scott hall, but just this idea of, of coolness. Right. So we've got a very subjective term in cool, right? Mm-hmm. Comic book nerds think something is cool that we do not define as yeah. cool. However, unilaterally, everybody understands who the cool person in the room is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. usually somebody who has the demeanor and and just the whole charisma of a confidence. guy like Scott Hall, right? It's the confidence, yeah. it's the the looks, it's the it's the watch, everything. Everything he did just oozed coolness. And you know, I think got 95, 96, I'm 15, 16 years old. He's everything I want to be. West Side Gun said it like I, I didn't want to be Jordan. I wanted to be Scott Hall. Yeah, right. Like I mean, I'm doing right. the moves, walking in when I'm trying to be cool. Um, you know what I mean? Like the stance. I, I so this one really did hurt. I mean, it just yeah, felt. But- I don't think I felt like this sadness from a wrestler death since maybe Macho Man. As far as yeah. like a nostalgia standpoint, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, but this one, you know, Macho Man, because I'm I'm just a little bit younger than you. Macho Man was amazing, and I do have plenty of fond memories of him in the NWO coming over to WCW, kind of the late run uh, in WWF as well. But like Scott Hall's whole, you know, main part of his career, because obviously you know he did stuff here in Kansas City at Central States and things like that. But like his whole run from the razor ramon character to scott hall in wcw like that was when i was you know all my memories are fresh then right i can recall you know the tag team match with kevin uh nash and scott hall where they beat ray mysterio and had to make him take off his mask like i remember that and i remember him jumping the rail and saying you don't know who i am and there was a person i'll never forget it there's a person with a chief's t-shirt which i still will never understand because they were not in kansas city but there was a person with the chief's t-shirt and he's wearing a cut off denim shirt like that's the other thing who who could pull that off he could still pull yeah. that off like today like if he wore that six months ago it's like yeah it's fucking scott hall like of right. course he wears that here's the thing though that i want to say about scott hall that i think is underappreciated and his coolness factor is off the charts right because oh, even yeah. even like you knew it was him because I, I sent this to you uh through text message or something like that 
um, Scott Hall, when he made his ECW debut, came out to Fuji's. And even that was cool. And you know that that wasn't like a Paul Heyman says, hey, Scott Hall, tonight I want you to come out to the Fuji's. That's Scott Hall saying, like, I know what's fucking cool, and these people are going to love it. And they fucking did, right? Yeah. But what what I wanted to say, though, that I think is underappreciated about Scott Hall is I'm not saying he's the best of all time. I'm not trying to make this argument that I'm taking Scott Hall over Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan yeah. and all that stuff. I'm not no, saying call that. him my favorite, but not the best. Right. What I will say though, is as far as versatility, I'm not sure that there's a wrestler better than him. Maybe Shawn Michaels to the rock to a certain extent, but like Scott Hall could wrestle Kevin Nash or Diesel at the time, or the giant who's big show. You know what I mean? He could wrestle those guys and bump like he's, you know, Ray Mysterio or Eddie Guerrero, right? Like he's bumping everywhere. And he could do that. Like with the charisma of still being like a top level main event performer, hang with right. these people and not just be a Dolph Ziggler who can kind of do that. You know what I mean? But still doesn't shine at the same level, right? He wouldn't have to compete with their shine. It was great. But, but the thing is, is so he can bump yeah, like a Dolph Ziggler, right? Bump for bump. And I know Dolph Ziggler's known for the greatest selling of all time, but go back and watch Scott Hall's matches with Goldberg or with giant or uh, with DDP, you know, even people like that, he could bump like a small guy, but then, when he was wrestling the Chris Jericho's, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Dean Malenko's, he was the big fucking guy who catches your crossbody, fall away slam. slam. Yeah, and <laughs> then like, well, this guy's fucking bigger than everyone else. And I just He's don't a big think, dude. Right, and I just don't think that people understood like the versatility that yeah. he could plug and play where, mm -hmm. hey, you need to have a, you know, more of a brawl style match with Sting. He's going to give you that. You need him to eat the fucking pin so they can get to Hulk Hogan. He can do that. Did it all with but smile need, too. Right. But do you need him also to like push down the mid Carter before he can elevate to that main event level? Yep. He can do that too. So I just, he's just so valuable. Yeah. And I don't know that we look back and think of him that way because like, look at, I mean, the other thing that I think is, you know, he was the Intercontinental Champion, right? And people yes. remember him as the Intercontinental Champion. But I think we think of him as the Intercontinental Champion who was a character guy. But I, I would challenge anyone who would say that, not to say he wasn't a good character, but go back during that run, and he is a workhorse just like the Bret Hart's and Mr. Perfect's and, you know, fill in the blanks. And that, I think, is underappreciated about his career. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think another thing that doesn't get addressed in the level of his influence is so Hogan credits him with a lot of his look and style of that time. Sting said he told him, he's like, Hey, have you ever seen the crow? And he's like, no, what are you doing? And then there's that. And just like yeah. all of these little things, there's stories from everybody about that where he's like Forrest gumping his way through some of the people's biggest moments. And I just, mm -hmm. that's another part that makes me sad that a, because of his addictions and, and his status with the company at that point, like we never got that. We had NXT and the performance center. Like you've said this where, how is somebody who hadn't been to the top going to train these kids, how to get to the top. So now we've got Shawn Michaels in there, but I don't think Shawn Michaels is still all with it. You know, when we hear him talk, man, that we couldn't have got 
a Scott Hall there for five, ten years. Think of where some of these guys could be. And yeah, could and, be. you know, you got to see a little bit. I, re- I recall, I don't even remember what the show was. Maybe it was Tough Enough, or I don't know what it was. But Scott Hall did do a, a quick uh, stop in to NXT, and it was him and Baron Corbin, and he was walking with Baron Corbin and talking with him, and was like, hey, like, me and you kind of built the same. I'm going to tell you that you're a prick and Baron Corbin's like, yeah, I'm a prick. And he's like, well, then let's work with you being a prick. And then they kind of developed a little bit more of his career. Now, obviously Baron Corbin wasn't what he is today, but I think a little bit of those uh, pieces of advice that Scott Hall gave to Baron Corbin is still probably used today. And so, yeah, his mind for the business, I think. It sounds like it was, was his incredible. first love. I, I rewatched um, his documentary um, mm-hmm. on the WWE network and, he said, like, he, he grew up watching Dusty Rhodes. He just wanted to be Dusty Rhodes, which, God, how many mm-hmm. times have we heard that? Yeah. Uh, throughout wrestling folklore. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, gosh, man, I think you got about as close as you could get, right? Yeah, he was he was outstanding. Uh, yeah. Like you said, the Forrest Gump almost is because, yeah, he was one of the main parts. Came up with the Razor the... Ramon gimmick. You know what I mean? Or yeah. at least, like, the basis well, of yeah. it. Yeah, which was, you know culture appropriation but oh sure every everything at that time was right a garbage man was being culture appropriate he also never seemed to do it with malice it was never yeah it was me saying or it was him saying like this is cool not i'm just gonna rip off that i honestly like at the time like you know what i mean a lot of them would probably tell you that's what they were you know trying to be Mm -hmm. he had that rick flair ability to cross cultural boundaries where everybody Mm -hmm. just i think that's where like this kind of thing is forgiven on Scott Hall because everybody's, yeah, but fuck, Scott Hall is the coolest guy in the world. He doesn't mean anything, by, right? You know what I mean? Like, just everybody unilaterally understands that, and he could have done whatever he wanted. Yeah, no, there is a small group of pro wrestlers that I think fall in that category where it's like, doesn't matter your background. You think that that guy's cool, right? Like, Ric Flair was probably the first example. Then you have a Razor Ramon. And now today, kids, and again, we're, we're maybe not the exact demo, but like Jeff Hardy, go to yeah. any any minority wrestling fan or white wrestling fan, and they're going to tell you, like, Jeff Hardy's fucking cool, yep. right? Like, yeah, again, some people transcend... Not- their right. own cultures and races and nationalities and all that yeah. stuff to capture the minds of people worldwide. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he was incredible. And I, I, I just think, I think I have said this on the podcast before, but like just the matches that fill time, right? Like back in college, when you're having to write a paper or if you're still in college and you have a write a paper, putting on a Scott Hall segment, regardless if that's a backstage promo in WWF with Ric Flair, or it's the NWO and WCW. Like it just, it just feels like comfort food. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just felt like, yeah, this is what I want to watch at any point in my life. I watched back that WrestleMania 10 ladder match because I know everybody talks about it. And and, I mean, like it still holds up. I think it's also a class in where we talk about like, I think where we maybe have been misspeaking on why we don't like, say, the newer young bucks style that we call it. Right. Is because Mm -hmm. I think the the true art in the match is that selling. Right. It's not about the move. Like it was when Scott Hall was getting an arm bar and he looked like he was really in pain from this little 130 pound nothing, you know mm. what I mean, yanking on his arm. And they milked that for a few seconds, right? And you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, what's going to happen here? I just think like it. It felt like he was doing things at at the height of its oh, of its you know what I mean, yeah. art form, if you will. 
Oh, of course. And, you, you know, again, this can be an all night just love fest of what mm-hmm. Scott Hall's career was. But again, <laughs> yeah. you also think about how he elevated others. One of his most iconic matches in his entire career is losing to the one, two, three kid at Monday Night Raw. Right. Like yeah. that was insane. And a you great watch, program from start to finish that whole series of matches of, of putting over the kid. Which put him into a baby face, right? He started off as a heel. He yep. loses to one, two, three kid. And again, yeah. if you watch that X-Pac or Sean Waltman, whatever we're calling him, will tell you like, hey, right here, I didn't know what I was doing. And Scott Hall like put me in the right spot to get us to the next spot. And, and so it's like, you know, that's a part of his iconic career is getting others over like a one, two, three kid. And then we talk about, you know, the character work of the Razor Ramon. And then obviously backstage, we haven't even touched on that. The guaranteed money that now people today are still benefiting from. That was him and Kevin Nash. And so when he left yeah. first, right. You that's what I mean. Saying, like, like he's, he told Kevin to do it, you know, like it's, yeah. oh yeah. It's so like much his, influence. So yeah, much influence his, on the wrestling industry. His uh, fingerprints, I think are in more spots in pro wrestling than people realized. Oh yeah. That's why I said. He might be the most like widely influential wrestler of all time. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he might've said dusty Rhodes prior to that, but right. But I mean, geez, for at least for people alive now, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's ah, gosh, man, it's a sad loss. Um, I can't tell you how many times I imitated Scott Hall growing up. Oh, or even maybe still the Razor prior Walk. To, yeah, the Razor Walk. Anytime I had to go through anything that was tight, was the Razor Walk, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's just say yeah. there's a oh barrier. yeah. And then there's the corner. You do the razor walk, yeah. and you think of razor, right? Like you don't think of anyone else. Well, yeah, he's the coolest fucking and guy. Still, in the nothing world. cooler than getting hit with the Pepsi or whatever, and yeah. not even selling it, and just being like, just he's still mid sentence. The thing hits him, and he's just like, fuck that, just keeps yeah. on going. Oh, uh. there's so many other moments. Uh, you know, there was a time I don't even remember what the show was, but it, it's a memory etched in my brain. But there was an MTV spring break and mm. it was during the in early stages of the NWO. And it was six who's, you know, Sean Waltman, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. And even then, like that's out of their element. They're talking to Bill Bellamy and, you know, all these fucking MTV personalities. And even then it's Scott Hall's the fucking coolest guy here. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the musicians, I remember Bush, the band Bush, you know, uh, the lead singer, Gavin, whatever his name is, was like, that guy is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, and he didn't watch wrestling and he knew right. that this guy was awesome. Like, yeah, he has awesome. a unique blend of being, I, I think to get a superstar, the likes of Scott Hall, you have to have these attributes that he had that it's hard to find in a, in a single person. A, they have to be the coolest person in the room, right? That's few and far between, but then they mm-hmm. also have to be an athletic specimen. Yep. Right. Who can oh, take instruction was. well and willing to put in the workload and the time, you know, mm-hmm. to learn this industry and the desire to want to put people over and just the love of it from the beginning of it. You know what I mean? That eagerness. And man, I throwing darts if you're if you're catching somebody who manages to catch all those things, gets into wrestling and doesn't get injured or doesn't, you know what I mean, have some other tragic thing happen that you may not see the likes of a Scott Hall ever again in any of your lifetime, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's incredible. Yep. Well, let's move on and hit a couple other news stories. Um, I don't think we like either of these, but we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it. 
Big E suffered a broken neck during a SmackDown match where he was suplexed by Ridge Holland but landed on the top of his head first. Big E was stretchered away from ringside and it was later confirmed he indeed has a broken neck. I mean, they did say there, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't um, as bad a damage as there could have been, right? Like as far as like neck breaks go, like they didn't, it's not requiring surgery if I remember correctly. That's correct. However, there is a doctor who has been a consultant with WWE and he does not have the information of seeing these sure. CAT scans and x-rays and things like that. However, from his point of view, with his history of neck injuries and obviously working with the pro wrestling industry, he is alluding to the fact that, hey, it's fantastic that Big E doesn't need surgery. He can walk. He's moving his arms. He's moving his legs and all of that stuff. But as far as his, as far as his in-ring career, we ain't seeing that again. It's just weird how, like... I mean, yeah, that doctor is well-experienced, right? But like I said, he doesn't mm-hmm. have the stuff, but like... I mean, we can see Moss, Madcap Moss, take the same fall. Almost like, I mean, you saw his neck compress. He was up and at it. But yet, like, like it's it, just, I, you know, it's angles. The freaky, and, and, yeah. And, yeah. Look, it's the weirdest thing. And I don't mean to, you know, make this about myself. I, I fell on my head, mm-hmm. right? I could have easily broke my neck as well. I suffered a bruised spine and a slight tear in between my C something and C You're other. You momentarily whatever. paralyzed, weren't you? Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. move anything. So... The neck is the weirdest thing in the world, right? It's yeah. not one of those things where it's like, well, if you roll an ankle, you should expect two weeks and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Like the neck. There's can, so many things, so many yeah. nerves and, and, so, and bones and there's muscles. There's so much there. And I mean, like a, a guy like Biggie does have, you know, thick neck, but like we're saying, like, it's just a matter of compression and stuff. Like your spine take the same blow, whether you got muscles all around it or not. Oh yeah. Um, now and sometimes i've heard that like when you don't need surgery is almost more kind of what that doctor's saying because like we can't ensure that it's going to hold up if we if we're surgering it you know when we get a look in there if we put some rods in here we go like all right man just don't take any fucking power drivers you know what i mean like that kind of shit but when you don't have that sometimes that's a little more limiting even though like you know i mean surgery as we said surgery can bring complications so if they mm -hmm. can avoid surgery they would like to yeah and and, i mean Look, it's a really horrible situation. However, the most important thing is he is walking, he is moving yes. his arms, he can move his fingers. Like, if, if again, this would suck, but if his in-ring career is the absolute worst thing that happens in that situation, yeah. we're okay. We, we, you know we, what we I mean? Like, and I will say this, um, w- with Big E and that kind of injury, like, as much as we shit on WWE for being some shitbag people running that company, mm-hmm. they have taken no, care is. of people in those moments. Like, Corey Graves still has a job. You know what I mean? Like, Big E's personality, his likability, if he wants to be working there, even if he can't work in the ring, they will provide him something to do. Oh, his, his ability outside of the ring, I think, is off the charts as far as um, opportunities. Look at what he was doing when he was the WWE champion. He was introducing Sean Porter at his boxing match with, uh, I believe, Terrence Crawford. He was doing uh, the introductions for the Iowa football team when they faced, I think, Nebraska or something like he and his voiceover work is he could do he could go do cartoons next week. Right. And have a career as a voice actor for the rest of his life. Yeah. The vocal abilities he has, he could always have a job somewhere. 
And then to your point, yeah, WWE, I think knowing him how they do and liking him how they how they do as well, we'll find something, right? He will be the host of a show or he will be a commentator if he can't wrestle again. Now, again, we could say, look, Edge, they said, wasn't ever coming back. He's at WrestleMania. Same thing, neck injury. Right. Brian Danielson was never coming back. He's in the greatest thing right now in pro wrestling with John Moxley. So it's not as if. Yeah, again, that's one doctor who admitted that, like, I don't have the stuff in front of me, but, like, I would need to see something on there that I'm not expecting to see. Right, exactly. That would tell me he's going to do it again. Yeah, so, again, I think. Now the thing is each doctor is a little more, there's a variance on whether they're lenient on whether they would advise that or not. So maybe he's a hard ass. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah, but, again, I think the thing that we need to take, uh, take stock in is that, Tomorrow or six months from now, Big E can still walk to his car and right. drive to the right. next destination. Yeah, he doesn't or whatever need constant it is. support to, right. to be allowed. So that's, I think, the most important thing yeah. here. Yeah. Now, what do you like? Watching the move. Is that a Rich Holland issue and they need to do something I, about that? Uh, look, or? No, I think it's one of those honest things. And again, not to make this about myself, but like it just there's always a probability of something bad happening. Wrong place, wrong time. And yeah, when you do the move, whatever it is, 10,000 times, and let's just say the probability is seven of these thousand moves, this is going to happen. Well, that was one of the seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have kind of two things, right? Like, so even if Rich Holland, like, like you said, 10,000 times he suplexed somebody. You know, if there's a 99.99% chance, well, that 0.1% chance that he's a little under rotated or whatever. And then you take all the probabilities of like, well, okay, but he could have landed on a shoulder or a neck or a head, but like this one aligned up. And sometimes you have these just, you know what I mean? Like, like worse odds of getting hit by lightning or something, but like it happens and shit happens sometimes. And that's really like, I think, I think there's a difference and I'm, and I don't mean to throw this wrestler under the bus, but it's the example that comes to mind. I think there's a difference when rich Holland has a belly to belly and throws Big E as he did. And Brie Bella kind of closing her eyes and doing her little kicks and ends up knocking out Liv Morgan. Right. Yes. Those two things are different. Yeah, One is like a guy's trying to lift a massive human being. And again, the probability right. of I've done this a thousand times, this happens to be the one time that it screwed up where Brie Bella is looking in the crowd or has her eyes closed and just throwing kicks. It's like, well, you're just doing that unsafe. Like that's, that's not how you do this. Right. So there's, I right. think the difference where you can, and I, that's not a diss on Brie Bella. It's just the example, oh, sure. but like yeah. you can, well, yeah, but like you <laughs> can point to, Hey, you did this incorrectly. <laughs> And then, hey, this is a physical. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to say to Rich Holland, you could have got a wider base and got underneath yourself. And it's like, okay, you go pick up Biggie and show me. Right? Well, like, yeah, and yeah. also after nine to ten minutes of a wrestling match too, right? right? Like I'm exactly. exhausted and all these other things. Yeah, as and well, he's so. sweaty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Before we hit the final news story, which we're really not going to like, I want to shout out my block strongest man in the chat on YouTube, which we. We implore you, join us live while yeah. we're simul-streaming on the Twitter and the YouTube uh, chat with us, tweet us. Uh, he says, you guys know how much I love Bret Hart, but even I thought it was uh, hilarious when Razor kept pronouncing his name as the Hitman. 
uh, which was so, the way he said "mang" uh, about everything. Which again, you know what I mean? Like in today's day and age, maybe that's a a, a bad thing that goes you know not well for somebody. But um, it wasn't meant with malicious intent. It was yeah. meant to say, "I want to be different." Well, than... he was trying to put on an accent that he didn't. Really well, yeah, have, but it's know? also. I'm trying to be different than Diesel, who is also kind of similar to Psycho Sid, who's also kind of similar to, you know, like you yeah. have to say, this is my avenue of originality. So, yep, right. Yeah. Uh, and shout out my block strongest man. Check out his yeah, yeah. stuff. Check really out into his the strong videos. man stuff if you're into that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at that. Which we are not. Man. We're, I mean, we're yeah. strong men. Look at that. man. That's what how my some, arm is. That's how it some, is with yeah. muscles. Yeah, which you got some. 12.4 inch pythons there what Look do we got there we go 12.4 <laughs> inch <laughs> i like that i like that all right here's the final news story you excited no <clears throat> i can't even say this queen charmel will join vader and the undertaker in the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame class, former Miss Black America and WCW Nitro Girl, Charmel signed with WWE through Ohio Valley Wrestling in 2001 and was most prominently featured as Queen Charmel, wife of King Booker, after Booker T won the 2006 King of the Ring tournament. Um, <clears throat> interesting left turn at Albuquerque, right? We go Undertaker, Vader, Queen Charmel. I don't think I... anybody would have, like, if, you, if we polled... 20,000 wrestling fans over the last however long nobody would have suggested that name I can't even think <laughs> of anything she did yeah like I remember I mean, her being I remember there. her I remember her being next to King Booker right like as far as like her moments driving her story yeah, driving story yeah I don't know actually there is one and I uh-huh. don't think they're going to talk about it, but it was when Kurt Angle wanted to rape her. Remember that? Remember when Kurt Angle was like, I just want to just grab her. And you know, that yeah. was weird. You know, what comes to mind when I think Queen Charmel is, I remember Vince McMahon saying the N word and Booker T like looking over and being like, tell me he didn't just say that. Mm-hmm. Was right. It, that was her, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Was it also. Wasn't she afraid of the boogeyman? That's what yes. led to the well, yeah. boogeyman and Booker T's. Uh, I believe that's right. WrestleMania match. So there you go. We're we're really scraping at the bottom of the barrel with thinking like, what was her signature match? Yeah, why aren't we? Are we gonna get uh, Playboy Buddy Rose's blowaway diet? Like then that? Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> why don't we just? Well, there's an the old fucking... guy reference. Yeah, that was a good one. Why don't yeah. we just put in the fucking you know. Uh, the toucan for uh, um, Coco Beware. Not put in Coco Beware. He's already in. Let's put in yeah, the fucking toucan. What about Phineas toucan. I Godwin? Yeah. What? Uh, what about um? What about uh, Chris Jericho's security guard? What was his name? Oh, in WCW, Ralphus. Ralphus. Yeah, let's put in Ralphus. Right. Like that's what we're getting with Queen Charmel. And this, this is, is what it. I told you. You guys went too many people each year. Like what? I get like, it's not always single individuals, but I would do like four, three or four max each year of like entities, right? If we're doing the NWO and then we're doing a person and then we're doing a tag team or a celebrity or whatever, maybe you do a fourth with the celebrity, like I'm saying, um, you know, that's kind of out there, but even that, I don't know that you've got a celebrity every year. I don't know that you would guarantee a celebrity every year. I know 
they do it because it's fucking paparazzi yeah, material. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, this is it's a joke now, right? Like, so, not to say, I don't uh, want to say Queen Charmel's a joke. Like, she put in a lot of work, a lot of time, right, a lot of effort, did these performances, and great on you, of course. Like, if you work somewhere for several years and they're like, you want to join our Hall of Fame? You absolutely do that, of course. But, and like, yeah, I don't want to say she's not deserving, I guess, but like. Well, but I will because okay. there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference, right? Like, l- l- let's use real professional sports for just a quick second, right? I love baseball. One of the signature baseball players in Kansas City growing up was Mike Sweeney. He was awesome. You loved Mike Sweeney. He was an all-star. He could hit a double if you needed it. All the great stuff. He's not a fucking Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a threshold to I've, get I've got into another the reference Hall of too. Fame. And it's your reference. <clears throat> you said at times like people need to get over like the Hall of Fame in some aspect of like it's not always like these are the best to do it. It's the Hall of Fame, right? Famous. They have some fame. But she doesn't meet that criteria either. If she's walking around your local Walmart right now, you're not going to be like Queen Charmel, you know what I mean? Like you're not even going to notice her. Yeah, if you were to do a meet and greet and you were to put Queen Charmel and Virgil next to each other, who's getting more people? Honest to God, who's getting more people? Virgil is getting more people. Yeah, like, and that's, it's nothing against her. It's the threshold of famous and also body of work and neither one she meets. Yeah, that's this all. feels like, I mean, I know they're in Texas, but like, does she have a local Texas draw like booker t does with his little wrestling reality is there some kind of deal they're working for booker that where he was like that's what i was thinking is like booker went to uh vince and says hey tony khan offered me a couple you know different uh possibilities to manage ftr or whatever it is and vince is like what do you want hey i'm putting your wife in i'll put your wife into the hall of fame she loves that right that'd be awesome and then hey queen charmel is in your hall of fame that's what I'm thinking. Weird. I'm thinking there's something really weird, backstage. Right? Yeah. And what is she going to say? Thanks and walk off? Booker like, T's got some photos of McMahon in compromising positions. Something. <laughs> I don't know. Something. All right. Well, then let's. that's the news that I had. Those are the biggest stories, right? Uh, once again, I mean, rest in peace. Hey, yo. Scott Hall. Uh, I don't think there's anybody I'll, I'll, I'll ever consider my favorite over him. I've yet to see the person yet. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He is definitely awesome. Yeah. But let's get into AEW, which is what our love in pro wrestling is right now. All of the oh, wrestling man. and AEW Dynamite. Let's break it down, Tom. You got the card up? I do got the card up. But for, before we get into this, what did you think of Dynamite last night? Oh, it was God, it's fun again. Always well, here's out the, to party. Here's the thing that you just realized, because I think it was two weeks ago or maybe even last week. I don't know. Things are blending into each other. But there was one crowd for Dynamite where Dynamite put on an exceptional show. It wasn't an all-time classic. It wasn't going to be something that is going to be written about as far as the history of this company. However, it was a very good show. And that crowd sat on their hands the entire time and it made it such an odd experience. Last night in San Antonio, this crowd acted as if, you know... uh, Tay Conti just walking out to wave high was a fucking highlight of their night. You know what I mean? Everything was incredible to them, which just made the at home viewing experience just that much better. That was the first thing I wanted to say is that crowd, uh, you know, credit to them for making this uh, an even better episode than what it actually yeah. was. Not to say it was bad at all, but they, they deserve some credit. Crowd helps. I know like there's a fine line to walk, right? 
of being making it about yourself and then enhancing the thing. I think if you're doing chants that don't make sense, that's when you're crossing the line, right? If you're, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're, if you're chanting what over somebody when Steve Austin's nowhere around or didn't even make a reference, like it just doesn't make sense. Right. Like, right. Mm-hmm. but if you're, you know what I mean? If you're just, just be into the things that you're into and just chant it out. Right. Like, and that's, that's the deal. Right. I think well, it makes for a hype crowd when you get excited to be there. Well, let's get right into what they were into. And that was the entrances for the first match. You had Adam Cole and red wagon. Taking on yeah. Hangman Adam Page yes. and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express. And these three entrances, because Red Wagon comes out with Adam Cole, it acted as if it was the main event of a pay-per-view. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. they were incredible for yeah. this. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. Um, God, the Jungle Boy song, like, or the, you know, mm-hmm. Jurassic Express song always gets you hyped. Like, you want to be in on it. And then hangman i mean everybody loves hangman so like you're, you're, you're i will still say this i will still say this and this may be biased because i do like hangman that much <laughs> but you put his song in any situation and it fits i don't give a shit what it is you want to go ask your boss for a raise play that song as you're walking into the office you want to ask a girl out uh for a first date play that song and it works you gotta fight the bully at the end of the school day play that song and it works that's gonna do all those things awesome play that song and it works it works it's just (laughs) that song pumps me the fuck up i don't even like country i don't even like country stuff and this motherfucker wants me to buy yeah that's more like a western style thing yeah yeah. i want to buy a fucking cowboy hat it makes you feel like you're like in the moment, mm-hmm. focus on the goal. Yeah, it's, it's time to kill happen. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, here's the thing that I love. You can't be anything match. but the hero with that music playing behind you. Exactly. It's the fucking coolest thing in the world. That Whoever made that music, credit to you. Chef's Kiss. Is that right? Uh, maybe. He's awesome. He, if he does, credit to you. You're awesome. Here was the thing, though as we've talked about in the past where the moves don't always matter. You know what I mean? Right. It's the story. Moves don't matter. Yeah. I will say though, Cesaro, this is where you got to do something different because hangman had a hot tag where he does the fall away slam into the suicide dive into a clothesline over the ropes into another. So su- like that's a Cesaro hot tag and hangman did it just as good. And so that's where I left like going, Hey, Cesaro, you're out here in free agency. You need to develop something else. Cause we got guys that are just doing what you're doing. You know what he could do when the hot tag isn't a thing you can do anymore. The failed hot tag. Hey, I still, the yes. Failed hot tag. Yes. But hangman's <laughs> hot tag was yeah. hangman can't outs- fail at the hot tag. Right. But his hot tag, hot tag was outstanding. Yeah, oh, I agree with you. He killed it. The, the crowd timing on something it. like that too is harder than it looks, right? Like everybody's got to be in their spot. You got to take endurance. your steps right. Yeah, and endurance. Well, you got to have some gusto. Yeah, you got to have some. You got to keep running. You got some lungs <laughs> you on you. Yeah, you can't just walk to the next spot. You got to make it look believable. So he was outstanding. Jungle Boy was great. Luchasaurus. You know, here's the thing that people I think need to start realizing. We give so much shit to WWE 
for calling all these old timers to carry a card, right? We're calling on old man Goldberg, calling on old man Edge and all that. We got 65,000 year old Luchasaurus up here still getting it done. Yeah. So like it, it can happen. So yeah. Goldberg, step Dustin it up. Dustin Rhodes and Luchasaurus, two oldest guys to ever work a match ever. I think so. Well, Sting as well. Because uh, right. I think Sting. Sting's older than Sting's, I think, 89 Rhodes. years old. I, I believe you're right. Yep. I believe you're right. After so that table fall. I think he was 60 something, but the table fall. It adds years to your 20. life. That's for sure. So Adam Cole gets the victory. He gets the the knee to the back of the head of Jungle Boy. So what do you think happens after this match? Because the bad guys won, which is kind of interesting because you had the super of super teams, right? It's your heavyweight champion and your tag team champions. And I know they're not like Red Wagon and Adam Cole as far as like best buddies, but like yeah. you would think those... I think you're right. I think we're getting a... Kenny Omega, Adam Cole showdown here soon. And so I think maybe this is just a like ease into, we're going to get red Wagon up against Jurassic express. Yeah, um, I can see that. You know what now, I mean? So, but uh, you know what hangman does following that and how they break away Adam Cole, because you would think he'd be like, all right, give me a title shot again. Right. Like, right. Okay. Well, I'll beat you clean. I'll beat you clean again. Yeah. So I don't now, know where they go from there, but. Here's an interesting thing that I thought, and we're going to jump around just a little bit, but we'll get back on track. Hey, later on in the show. It's our fucking show. Right. Later on in the show. Want. Hey, yo. FTR <laughs> is cutting a promo with Tony Schiavone backstage. And before they could even say, like, other than the reason they fired Tully Blanchard, uh, Young Bucks came out and they just said, hey, you're the second best tag team as long as we're here. Which is telling you that they think FTR is better than Red Wagon. That's the part where I was like, if I'm Red Wagon, I'm coming up to you and going like, Second best? hey, I know we're tr- I know we're trying to diss like you FTR. You guys are placing yourself third because we're first, right? <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I sounds exactly what, think- what Kyle O'Reilly would say. Be like, that must mean you think you guys are like third or worse? Because like we're number one, clearly. And everybody right. understands that. Yeah. But for them to say that FTR is second. I would walk up and go, no, I get you're trying to diss FTR, but you know, like we're better than them. And so that's a slip of the tongue. And I think again, details matter in AEW, right? More than any other promotion that I can think of off the top of my head, details matter there. I think that comment might come back to bite young bucks in the ass because they're trying to dig at FTR. Meanwhile, their frenemies over here are listening to what they have to say. Details matter in AEW for some. I think it's that, I mean, I think Young Bucks pay attention to the details. The Bullet Club is full of these little, you know, twists and turns and all of that. Yeah, um, and I think We'll that's, discuss that... later some people who failed to pay attention to the details, but we'll get there. Ooh, foreshadowing. I like mm-hmm. it. All right, so yeah, then stay tuned, we get motherfuckers. In... We're live, by the way. We are live on YouTube and Twitter, simulstreaming, which is a fucking word, I'm sure of it. And mm-hmm. you should join us if you're just listening to this later on the podcast. We love you as well, but that's what you should be doing when you're listening to it a second time after you've watched it live. Mm, you ain't lying. Right. You are not lying. So now let's get into the AW Rampage roster because mm. it feels like we got a brand split. We get Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs talking to Keith Lee. Yeah, continuing this, huh? But here again, details matter. And I think details matter when you're the executive vice president and you're writing the shit and you have the power to write the shit, right? However, 
I don't, I don't understand. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs want to beat up Keith Lee, right? Powerhouse Hobbs had that spine buster on Keith Lee at Rampage last Friday. So there are obviously like, hey, we want to fight each other. And Keith Lee's all about it too, right? So yep. why are we getting Keith Lee versus Max Caster on Friday night? Yeah. I just, just so do the we go match. There? Yeah, I mean, yeah, unless there's... they're planning on doing this at a as like match three on the next pay-per-view card, but we've got a while to get there. And that's totally fine. But then one of the parties has to say, not right now. That's the thing. Yeah. If Keith Lee is like, hey, Powerhouse Hobbs, I'll get to you in a second, but I want the TNT you, championship. Okay. I think maybe this is where we get away from Ricky Starks and Team Taz and maybe Keith Lee takes that spot. And now we've got like Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Hook. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. And Keith Lee but can't I, go heel, right? Not yet. No, not now. He's still on fire now. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was another detail that we've called out a couple different times now. It was Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Where the fuck is Hook? Where's Hook? Yeah, I know. Like, we're. You would think anytime they could squeeze Hook on a television, they would. Now, I know sometimes that's a WWE mentality, right? Like, get him out there, get him out there, get him out there. But eating eh, maybe chips, not. You know, but eating yeah, but, chips behind Powerhouse Hobbs yeah, is the no easiest thing to do. The laid back, cool hook. I mean, he is laid back, cool when he's coming to the ring and and but he's Team Taz, right? Yeah, because now it's not Team Taz. It was just two guys, just you by yourself. But like, it's also you're not in Team Taz if you're just never with them. Like you just walk out by yourself, win a match, and go walk off by yourself. Like you don't carry a banner that says Team Taz. You ain't got a jacket. Yeah, yeah, nothing. You don't have a vest. Everybody needs a vest Mm -hmm. for their right. Yeah, everybody needs a vest for their faction. But he don't have one. <laughs> he ain't got no vest. No vest says Hook. And that's as easy as you can do it with, with uh, Hook, because we've done it before, is, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee had this, you know, side-eyed look at each other. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs leaves. And then Hook is just like, hey, Keith oh. Lee, you want some chips? And that's yeah. all you got to do. Oh, I wouldn't even do that, right? So they're doing the whole thing. The whole time, Hook isn't even looking at anybody, right? He's eating chips. He's, like, checking his phone whatever they all like storm off he like looks up and sees they're gone he just crumples the bag and like hands it to keith lee and just fucking like yeah. walks off you know what i mean like that's it didn't realize who he was i'm i'm in my own world right yeah. so he's yeah. like oh shit i thought he was thought he worked here but again going back <laughs> to the point of like if both guys want to fight each other and this is the promotion where we just make matches like we have in our main event well then just make the fucking match because ricky starks isn't running away Powerhouse yeah. Hobbs isn't running away. Keith yeah, Lee's down. Shit. And uh, let's be clear, like, yeah, they're fine, but they're not coming away with great zingers on each other, right? So it's like, it's a weird to the, they're just having this back and forth if you're not really saying much. Right, exactly. Right. So let's fight. Let's fight is what I'm getting at. So let's get back into the ring. Isn't we that had, what Taz would want? You would think. Why don't we see Taz anymore either? We don't see Taz in Team Taz. What's going on here? I don't know. It, it's a little bit disorganized. We need the some two people that have Taz blood ain't even hanging around. <laughs> yeah. What the hell's going on? So let's get back into the ring here. We get a tag team match. We get John Moxley and Brian Danielson with <laughs> William Regal on commentary, taking on Willer Utah and Chuck Taylor. And look. I like what we're doing with John Moxley and Brian Danielson and yeah. William Regal doing this whole, we want violence motherfuckers, right? Bring the violence. Okay. I, I, 
I don't I don't know what we're doing though. What are we doing? Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, when does it start? Right? I was like, when does it start? Now, if this Wheeler Utah thing is where it goes and they just brutally, you know, waterboard torture this kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have a whole lot of faith that Wheeler Utah is ever going to elevate past the level of like guy with one facial expression. Well, I mean, the book is still out on that. But what I guess I'm not understanding is if John Moxley and Brian Danielson are this badass tag team and they go to the best friends faction, wouldn't the best friends say we're going to put out our best tag team, which is Trent and Chuck Taylor? Like, why well, maybe would we Wheeler get there? Utah- so I think here, like, if they start, if if they're like Wheeler, what was that? And he's like. Listen, man, if they're going to get me to where I need to be, then I'm going to get there, right? Like, no offense, guys, but, like, I'm still working, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the undercard with you guys, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not getting nowhere. But if if I can come away with with them getting me to a better spot and learning some more violence, maybe that's where I need to step up my game. And then they're like, hey, man, stop poaching our fucking friends. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? Show and me. And then they bring on the, the best violence. friends. Right. Yeah, okay, I get that. But it just it just felt weird that – the best friends faction or team chaos or whatever the fuck we're calling this team or this faction, our our best guys are the understudy and the other Chuck Taylor. Like what did, what did William Regal say when he was like, tell me man in the mask, who is the, when he's talking about Dan Housen, he was like, who's the demon clown or whatever. Yeah. Something. Yeah. That was, that was great. And here's, here's one other thing that I want to see. I don't know if he's still recovering, like breaking kayfabe here for a second. I don't know if he's still recovering from a broken leg or whatever it is, but let's get Dan Housen wrestling. I want to see him wrestle now. I want to see the teeth go down someone's throat. Yeah, he had a broken leg. Like It wasn't too long ago, I don't think. That's true. Maybe I'm just trying to rush him, but I want to see some teeth go down someone's throat. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yes. let's get to I it. I know what you mean. But yes, I, I'm interested in the, like, the violent, like, we're here to, like, show these kids how to be violent. They haven't done a great job of explaining why that matters to them as much, right? Like why that's driving them a whole lot. Well, one thing that was alluded to when uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley were first having this conversation that predated William Regal is Brian Danielson said to John Moxley, let's train them how pro wrestlers should be. I'm paraphrasing there, but essentially like, we need to create pro wrestlers in our image. Now, here's the interesting part, I thought. Immediately following Willie Utah taking that shot to the face and then getting in Regal's face, and then Moxley and Brian Danielson's like, the fuck are you going to do? Right? And then, okay, we get the oh, segment. Danielson's right? even like, <laughs> like come on, you really want to go again? Yeah. He just choked <laughs> you out, right? <laughs> but immediately following, we want the violence, we want pro wrestlers. We get the Jericho Appreciation Society who does the polar opposite and says we are sports entertainers. Now, where my mind immediately went to is we're going to do Jericho and William Regal promo ops and we're going to get John Moxley and Brian Danielson versus they're not 2.0 anymore, but whatever that fucking tag team is. And then we're going to get Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager and whatever that tag team is. And we're going to get sports entertainers versus violence or pro wrestlers. And you know who's the most interesting part in all of that? 
Daniel Garcia because mm. Daniel Garcia was one of the first names Brian Danielson said yeah. in the whole, like, let's wrestler. recruit these. Markets. Right. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing I was referencing earlier when I was referencing not paying attention to the details. Okay. Because you guys, uh, well, first of all, let's address this. He's like, we're, we're not, no more fake names. We're using real names. I'm Chris Jericho, which is not his real fucking name. At this point, though, it is. <laughs> and then, two, the sports entertainers are the ones changing their fucking names. That's where you get the Braun Breakers and the goddamn Nia Jaxes and all that shit. So, like, you should have went ridiculous, stupid fucking names. Not well, real names. Well, they did. But they did. <clears throat> and then, like... The whole thing of like, well, we're sports entertainers and we beat up pro wrestlers. The sports entertainers aren't the ones beating people up. That's the point. It's like they're doing the fucking dancing and the choreographing. Like it just all missed for me because that's like, but you're being the antithesis of what you say you're being. Now, there's something to that because again, heels are supposed to be delusional, yeah, sure. right? Like if right. they all made the sense, then they would just be baby faces, right? Yeah, then we'd be like, right. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, two, I totally agree with you. Sports entertainers are the ones that do the dancing number with MJF instead of the wrestling match like Brian Danielson. However, the making up the names thing, even though we all go by our names, we get, what is it? Uh, Mac Matt Daddy. Menards. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And Cool Hand Luke or whatever. All the fuck. Like, they gave them sports entertainer names. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like names. The names. Yeah, right. <laughs> The one detail that I thought that was missing, though, is Chris Jericho does say, like, that was bad creative. You're never going to hear from it again. But then doesn't say, like, and now the team is called. Yeah, he just said they're real names. Like, do they have a new tag team name? Because, like, they need a tag team name. I'm not going to call him Matt Menard and Antonio Hoosie, what's it, that you're fucking saying. Yeah, so that was the part where, okay, great. Like, we're not calling them 2.0 because, again, what – what was the original version? We don't know as, as AEW fans. Now you could go and sure, investigate. But you know like, what I'm still, it's, it's like not a name that AW. makes a whole lot of like immediate sense. People be like 2.0 what? You'll be like, right. That's eh, hard to explain. Exactly. But we didn't get the name. That was the only part where I was just like, hey, could have. But anyhow, I just thought to have back-to-back segments of violence and pro wrestlers and the way of the future is blood and then to say we are sports entertainers and we like glitz and glamour i just feel like that's a collision course maybe not next week maybe i just sometime soon i'm in the camp of hoping this jericho appreciation society is short-lived and we just get 2.0 over and daniel garcia a little more over in the process yeah what i fear because jericho loves the spotlight for better or for worse, right? I fear that, hey, I didn't really come off great in the last blood and guts match. Let's do it again, brother. And we get we Jericho stadium stampede match. Right. Now, because how think sports entertainer is that? Yeah. Now uh, that is, right? right? Now, I think their first feud is obvious. It's going to be whenever Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz come back. With that being said, though, that's three. They yeah. got five. Who's the other two? Could it be Moxley and Danielson? I mean, Moxley's Kingston's friend. and So we get this. But then but they then, got Wheeler Yuta in the mix, so I think that's a separate deal. Yeah, yeah that's a separate deal. No, I think I think this William Regal thing is going to be 
a couple feuds later. I think when we get them built to like where we think they're going to go, that's when they collide. I don't think it's a immediate yeah. thing. I just could think be Dancer, could be uh, Lucha Bros because they're friends with Eddie, right? Mm-hmm. To like okay. team up oh. for a five on five, right? Like if we were doing the Stadium Stampede or something of that nature or the Blood and Guts or the whatever. Yeah. So you're going Lucha Bros. That's a great pick. That is a great pick. I'm going. But who has a Jericho tie? Well, right. see, I'm going, I'm not going there. I'm going like just who needs some shine. Mm-hmm. Cause Jake Hager of all of them is the biggest guy. Right. So we need someone to what stare down. Is he still right? here? I don't know. What the I, fuck is th- the deal with that? I don't know. You know who I'm adding to the group <laughs> for shits and giggles? Because again, we need someone to like throw around Jake Hager. He resigned. I'm adding Brian cage. Hmm. Brian Cage, yeah. Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and then my fifth, I think you'd need a high-flying doopsy doo kind of guy. The repackaged, look, I keep saying this guy's fucking name 10,000 times. I don't even really like him that much, but he's trying to repackage himself. Throw in Kip Sabian. Throw that motherfucker yeah. in there. With Brian Cage, can we like make it look like so he, he doesn't like do moonlighting as a ska band? bass guitarist or something you know what i mean like I don't well, he looks like a chippendales dancer <clears throat> something just yeah like there's something just like doesn't feel right when i watch brian cage right like he can do all the stuff he can like, do all the stuff looks like a fucking million dollars mm-hmm. but i wouldn't even say it's a lack of charisma like he's got a charisma but i don't know if it's like it feels different does that make sense like it just doesn't like, oh, yeah. i don't know what it is where i'm like this this isn't right all right I mean, so let's feel- sub let's sub him out we'll sub him out but I'd be interested to like see if, if we could pinpoint what that is, like and what that right, would be let, to fix that. But let's sub him out just for fantasy booking six. Let's sub him out, and let's put in everybody dies. Mm. Lance Archer. That's not. And bad. then let's take it. Feels like a Kingston yeah, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Kingston could reel him in, right? Mm-hmm. The loose cannon, not thinking straight, right? Hmm. Yeah. And then like who that. could be the, but Kip Sabian doesn't fit, right? He's no. too pretty boy. He's a sports entertainer. Who could be our high flying, you know, dipsy doing guy and a guy that matches up with, uh, well, I guess they, they have Daniel Garcia, but who would be another young kind of up and coming guy? Let's take a look here. Yeah. It says, let's, let's, uh, workshop this live. Yeah. I like it. Let's, uh, let's buy some time here. I'm trying to think um, of who might be. Like mean that breakout to jump out. That's like like you're saying more of the like thinner, Matt base mm-hmm. guy maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I mean you don't really have too many younger options because Dante Martin and Darius Martin. That's a tag team, so you know you already have the tag team yep. Santana and Ortiz. Yep, the acclaim's already booked up with their gimmick. Yeah. Um, Who's Lee Moriarty? Lee Moriarty. That's would a, be a good one. Yep. Him and Daniel Garcia bumping heads yep. into each other. That's good. There you go. Yep. So I'm doing Lee, <sighs> That's a good Lance one. Archer, Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz. Boom. Like that. There it is. I like that. There it is. All right. All right. So let's get back into it. So that was fun. Next up was, it was okay. Um, we had the TNT Championship match. It was Wardlow. This is war. 
taking on Scorpio. Look to the sky. Yeah, and I think we we factored how Wardlow would not win this, right? MJF's going to come in, do the distraction. Because otherwise, I think I even asked on Twitter, I was like, so Scorpio Sky dies tonight, huh? Like, that's how we've been booking well, Wardlow, right? So now the I think the question needs to be asked next year, who the fuck wants to win this face of the revolution thing? It does nothing for anyone. Yeah. Right? Scorpio Sky was the first guy to win it. He doesn't capitalize on the TNT championship match. And maybe that's the gimmick that we're going to go with, right? We do two more years of up-and-coming guy wins ladder match for face of the revolution, loses the TNT championship match. By year five, it's who can break through and finally win the TNT champion match, championship match. I think maybe that's where we're going. Because two years in, I don't want to fucking win that thing. Right? I don't no, want the cheer. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I really like I I noticed that last time. I was like, the face of the revolution doesn't get anything. Like they they don't promise well, you nothing. They don't Well, it gets you a TNT championship match. That's what it gets you, right? Sure. And we're saying the TNT championship means something, so it is something, right? But there's no build up, there's no like me and yeah, you champ like at the next, next Friday, pay-per-view. right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hey, all right, you get yeah. it next time. Yeah, you okay? don't get a program. Right, you guy, just right? get a one-off. And yeah. it's like, and so like Scorpio Sky's got the title and it's like, fucking, and Wardlow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, this match, I kind of, I don't know. I The American Top Team thing for me is, is falling flat. You know, like the Wardlow stuff with MJF, we saw that coming. We knew that that's got to go somewhere. They've got to have their show off. We expected that. That's fine. That's where it was going to take us. We'll get some showdowns between them. But what is American Top Team doing and Scorpio Sky? And like, what are we doing with these guys? Well, I think we're just buying time to get Paige Van Zant used to being on camera. And yeah. eventually we're going to get the Paige Van Zant match. I don't fucking care about but it. But like at Scorpio all. Sky is TNT Championship. Again, Scorpio Sky, like. Guys, I know we really want him to be a thing because he's probably a nice guy. He can do all the things, right? But it's another one where it's like it's not – he's not Scott Hall, right? Like he's not – nobody is, right? But like right. he's not giving me any like charisma or reason to care whether he wins or loses. He snaps his fingers though at the end of the promo, and that means it's over. Ha. I guess. Aha. Yeah, kind of like I, I would have went with Ethan Page out of the two if we were doing this. He's at least got some more – I don't know chops but i don't even know that that would have done it for me either the mid card is at a really interesting spot because we've got some guys who have been there maybe a little bit too long but aren't ready for the main event picture and then we got other guys where well they've been doing nothing for so long so let's give them a shot with the title like scorpio sky and it's just this weird spot of Like, who is, like, we know MJF is the future, right? Like, if you were to say, of all these fucking guys that are 27 and younger, who's the fucking one you're pushing to the moon? It's MJF, right? But other than that, and he's already at the main event picture, right? He's already with CM Punk and all that stuff. But who is it? Because Darby (laughs) is just turning into the APA with Sting. Yep. Sammy Guevara is nope. Look, I'm telling you, I think, again, I, I I could have, I probably did say this about all the names you'd mentioned as they were happening. I was like, yeah, sure, Darby, 
you know. Okay. Well, I like Darby, right? but I'm just feeling like he's a But neutral. I never was like, he's going to be the guy that, like, we're going to now move him into a main event thing. I was like, it's not going to work. The I, crowd well, at large just isn't going to like. No, I think that. Yeah. I think they will. I, I think they are behind Or Darby. Sammy. I don't agree. I don't agree. Sammy. <laughs> no. Sammy. Yeah. Get, get him out. Sammy is as WWE vanilla as it gets. Yeah. Like, Go to WWE, Sammy. Yeah. That's what I yeah, At least Darby is unique in his character that nobody else is doing, right? But he also, like, just when he well, cuts I, the promo, I'm just kind of like, all right, man, I, I get that you, like, really practiced that 14 times I, before you came out. Now, I used to say that about AJ Styles, and I wouldn't say that anymore. So right. people can grow and, and get better, obviously. I think the only thing that's a hindrance to Darby Allen, and no offense to him because I love him, is Sting. I think he's just been in this neutral state of, well, me and Sting are... Here's, the... here's where I, I agree that like we need to get him away from Sting. But I or something. like, okay, but when he's gone and he goes to like feud against whomever, let's say fucking Jericho, right? Or whoever, right? Whoever it is. Eddie Kingston, right? Like, like I'm not sure that everybody's getting behind like, but I'm sad inside and I skateboard. <laughs> like, I don't fucking... Like, what is yeah, that? I think... Well, that's, I think that's a 2022 version of Raven, right? We didn't, you know, people didn't well, if understand we go there, Raven was. Right? If he starts doing that, if he starts getting a bunch of lackeys that he's like fucking gaslighting, like I'm down for that. And and speaks in these like poems of Bray Wyatt not understanding what the hell he's talking about thing. And that's what I think he's capable of. And then again, the, the just whole like, I don't give a shit about my safety thing. That's always entertaining to watch. I it just... The mid card just doesn't really have that next person I'm looking for. I've got to take a wild left turn here because it just hit me something that okay. it, it's gonna it's it's gonna happen and it's gonna be one of the like probably like amusingly disappointing things that happen in wrestling in a long time. I know where Bray Wyatt's gonna go now. No, control no. your narrative. No, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Rule one, rule one, <laughs> you're in control. Rule two, you're in control. Rule five, you can't do these moves. Yeah, yeah you're not in control. And then... <laughs> fucking idiots. And then, like, real matches hit their times, but fights like, well, what's fucking real then? Are you telling me it's not real? Well, and yeah, then they and then mess all... up their twos and their twos and their fucking... Oh, Guys. That I'm never going to watch a fucking second of this shit. Well, that's just three guys that love the smell of But that's of where Barry Wyndham goes, right? Or whatever his fucking no. Wyndham Rotunda? No. He's smarter than them. He's smarter. Well, than yeah, them. He, he knows he's going to command the money. Yeah, well, and he's also like, those fucking dorks. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No. Those guys control, are fucking Control dorks. EC3's narrative is what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, and then that fucking guy. Jesus Christ. But let's get back on track here. Um... <laughs> You know what I would do with American Top Team to get rid of them while we're kind of going in and out of fantasy booking things? I would look, Dan Lambert has a shelf life that I think is soon to expire, right? Yeah. So I think we got to scare him out of AEW. Yeah, I, I would say, use him infrequently, right? Like he's he's good when he can get a mic and get some heat quickly, but it becomes formulaic over time. Yeah, cuz even that it's it I hate to use the term, but it starts just to become cheap heat, right? It's this town stinks right, or right. that wrestler is young, right. you know. That's all what I'm that saying. Like uh absence will make the heart grow fonder with Dan Lambert. 
Right. So I think we got to scare him out of town. We got to say he doesn't even be next to Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky because he's too scared to even show up at AEW. So you know who has to fucking just run him off? The House of Black. Yeah. Alistair Black needs to be like, oh, and then spit the fucking thing in his face. And then that's when Dan Lambert's like, never going back to that fucking place again. And then we can have... Uh, or I said Alistair Black. Is it Alistair? No, it's uh, Malachi, Malachi Black. Black. Malachi Black can then be your TNT champion. Who's going to take it from the boogeyman? That's where I think we go. Because, yeah, Scorpio right. Sky ain't doing it. Sammy Guevara is not doing it. Yep. Miro is the fucking TNT champ. That was the well, best TNT again, champ like, of all time. With the American Top Team being involved with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, the men of the year, it would help if like they had, you know, I don't know, some kind of like MMA I, oh, you well, know, they tried. Idea they about tried. them? <laughs> yeah, I know they yeah. tried that, but like, and that's what I mean. Like, he's just got to go. They yeah. fit with Ricky Starks better than like. Oh, that's know? the team. Yeah, Ricky Starks and Men of the Year. That's the fucking. Oh, the self implosion of those egos and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I just think that uh, we got to get rid of the Scorpio Sky champion thing because it's already on a bad foot but yeah we'll see what happens yeah. hey so in our fourth match we get private party with their old school entrance going through the uh red velvet rope there taking on the saddest version of the hardys and look i said it earlier jeff hardy can do no wrong in a lot of people's eyes i think you and i agree he's not our cup of tea but we understand the the fun paint and all the shit is for some people, right? But man, we we got Matt Hardy obviously losing his hair, Jeff Hardy kind of in and out as far as paying attention. Matt Hardy walks like Hulk Hogan more than Hulk Hogan walks like Hulk Hogan. I know, and Jeff Hardy's not a half second behind him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's right on his heels. As Jeff far Hardy as- is a is a few more, you know what I mean, trips around the globe away from pulling a Billy Kidman, you know, mm-hmm. on one of these, like, fucking, you know, whisper in the wind moves or whatever and fucking laying on his neck also. Yeah, it's just, but even more so, and I think we even talked about this when they reformed, they did that already, right? And they did it better in WWE when it was at WrestleMania and the whole crowd of 100,000 or whatever it was goes nuts. It just, it looked... It, you know what it felt like to me, honest to God? It felt like at WrestleMania 17 when Mean Gene Okerlund and Bobby the Brain Heenan came out as the special commentators for the gimmick battle royal and you had Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter and uh, Bushwhacker Luke all walking to the ring. Those guys felt like what I saw the Hardys walking into last night was like it just yeah and i'm not saying to hey, get out of here you're not welcome to any of that stuff but athleticism is that's on the back end of their career so we need to do some more creativity in my opinion yeah i'm just not again wasn't ever the big jeff hardy matt hardy guy wasn't the hardy boys dude so i just i just you know it's not my thing and now seeing it old is definitely not my thing so that's all i really i don't have much else to kind of it's never gonna like they're not gonna do anything where i'm like oh now i'm intrigued i look they may right i've never maybe a cinematic match is the thing that gets them their crowning achievement but i don't know i just don't know just don't know 
So post-match, the Andrade family, whatever it is, comes out. And then again, the spooky APA comes out, Sting and Darby Allen, and they just chase them off. And that's what I'm trying to say is like, Darby Allen has something. Right. Like they're AEW police all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. They just come out. Hey guys, we need law and order. Okay. Don't do that. Yeah. Paint your face instead. Come hang out with us. I just feel like we, we do have something there with Darby, right? That that program that he did with MJF, and I understand MJF is MJF, but still, that program was also carried by what Darby Allen was saying and doing as well. And now he's just, hey, everyone, act according to how we should be doing this thing. Like, I don't know. It feels like we're wasting time with him. Yeah. Um. Oh, one thing I missed uh before the tag match with john moxley and um brian danielson that i want to get back to is a tweet the table Mm. comes to us from at devil vamp and it says thought experiment would a hashtag wwe crowd enjoy a hashtag aw type match i.e brian danielson versus john moxley hashtag raw hashtag smackdown hashtag tweet the table and then he says, he continues, a match that is more physical, hard hitting, and realistic. Remember, I'm talking about the WWE yeah. crowd, not the internet. No, I think so, because like there are matches in WWE histories that were technical masterpieces that we mm-hmm. all remember fondly. I think we all hark back to like, this was not even WWE main roster, but it was, well, and so maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it was Pete Dunn and. Um, Tyler Bate, right? Oh, um, yeah. But Walter, in, all like, of his matches. Yeah. I mean, there was even WWE, like, WrestleMania matches when you're talking about the Bret Hart era and those kinds of things that people remember fondly. Now, I think WWE's right. Like, to the masses, it's – it. hey, look, there's all sorts of reasons why I mean, people are dumbed down and and – need their entertainment quickly these days. You know what I mean? There was an opioid crisis. There was, you know what I mean? Like things are just kind of like soft, easy, and fast. You know what I mean? We're used to the TikToks. We're used to the fucking Mm -hmm. things. And so, yeah, I mean, they're probably right where like fucking profit number goes up when we fucking cycle this shit in and out and Hogan must pose and be gone. Well, I think the other thing that's not being considered in the difference between an AEW match and a WWE match is at current time, a WWE match on Monday night raw, let's just say Seth Rollins versus edge, just making it up. Right. They're going to do that match on Monday night. And then they're going to go out the next night in Poughkeepsie and do the match again. And then on Wednesday night, they're going to be in Cincinnati and do the match again where AEW does it on Wednesday night. And then next Wednesday. So like, we obviously saw with Big E's injury, like you do things enough times, there's going to be a time you slip yeah. on a banana peel. So why take the risk yeah. of cutting yourself here when you fucking accidentally cut your eyeball or whatever it yeah. is, right? I don't think it's that like the WWE crowd wouldn't enjoy it as much as like WWE has not set the stage for their crowd to enjoy it. If that makes sense. And I get, yeah. And I think I'm taking it from a different angle as far as WWE wouldn't want a match like that right. on their television right. because well, I think that's the same angle, right? Like, yeah, we yeah, got to get out of here. Right. But I think, right. Yeah. I, I, like I said, there's been matches on other brands, Walter's matches, uh, Pete Dunn's matches, Tyler yeah. Bates matches where it's like, of course we would love so that. Shit, I but- think 
kind of, I think the issue lies in the WWE brass because I think the crowd will like it. I think what you get with the WWE crowd, with the crowds who enjoy the mass of anything, right? Like, I enjoy Coke. Why is that your favorite soda? Bug Coke, oh, right? Like that soda. kind of thing, right? Like, I love this show because it's on NBC at 7 p.m., right? Like, uh-huh. people will like better, but the lack of better is fine enough so they don't go seeking better. But if you gave them better, they would like that as well. Yes, I do think they would enjoy it, but WWE's never giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Because they got to get to the next town. Yeah, because right. they got to get to the next town that wants to see Roman must pose. So, yes, I think they would, but not if you did it, like, tomorrow. But, like, if that was WWE's structure and way, yes. Now, I mean, would the crowd still be there? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, we don't know because WWE just doesn't do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll see. So, uh, I didn't miss that tweet table, so I definitely wanted to get to that. I also wanted to get to, before we get to our main event, a quick little vignette that we got backstage Looks like our favorite alien, Chris Statlander, said, fuck that shit. She took out the eye contacts. She rubbed away the makeup. What do you think of uh, what happens here to our favorite alien, Chris Statlander? <clears throat> yeah, I um, I don't know, but I think that's a good move to go away from that. If you weren't going to go all in on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you weren't going to be really weird, like you said. Um, however... You got to come up with something else because just being Chris Statlander now in like regular colored tights ain't gonna cut it. Yeah, I think I think the wrong move was made. I think it should have been her staring at the at the stars, going like, "Oh my my long lost aunt is telling me to increase my physicality." And it's like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" And then she's just throwing around red velvet or you know fill in the blank. I would have went that route, but. I don't know. That was interesting. That was one other thing I wanted to bring up Mm -hmm. before we get to our main event for the AEW Women's World Championship match. The first time ever a women's steel cage match where escaping does not win you the match. I thought that was interesting. Which makes more sense to me because like, yeah, it's so easy to like, I know we milk it and we're like, uh, but like, like, climb that fucking thing, right? Like, not. I never, like, I understood it from the heels perspective of like, hey, I got to get out of here. I got to climb out, right? Right. But in this feud where it's, hey, me and you are going to fucking fight each other. We just got to make sure, for Thunder Rosa's sake, that no one else is getting involved. That it's it's pinfall or submission. I almost would go, so with that route, right, I, I, I just wouldn't ever do the steel cage, I think. For me, it would just be like a hell in a cell type cage, always, right? We're going to lock you in here, and Put escaping on is a fucking disqualification, right? You're going to do it in right. here, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, now, if somebody makes it in there to help, well, we didn't write the rules for that, right? Like, that might be a, a different yeah, but, scenario. But. Yeah, but I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So, uh, let's get to the match here. So, first, before Thunder Rosa even comes out, she gets an all-female mariachi band. I think mm-hmm. that, right? Is that the correct term here? I think so. Mariachi? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, as far as, is, is it not mariachi if it's female? Yeah, I don't know. Right, so I don't we, know. Hey, so We are the Spanish announce table, but that's in reference to the Spanish announce table... <laughs> In wrestling yeah. folklore, like we are not. We Spanish, don't know that shit. You know, yeah. So if you are, please let us know because we don't want to yeah. misspeak. You know, right? But we don't fact check either. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So Thunder Rosa comes out. Hey yo! All right. And she's looking like a million dollars, right? Hometown. Yeah. The, like I said, the crowd is going wild for. Her. Everybody she loves comes Thunder out, Rosa. Full makeup, mariachi band, 
all the stuff. What'd you think about just that presentation before just we even it. got to Britt Baker? I think it was a great culmination of like we've talked about this. Thunder Rosa has been creeping up with this like you know kind of groundswell support of people that are like fucking like Thunder Rosa, and I you know I I, I agree with that. I, we've been saying like hey, there's something special here, and I, and I like that like it's built to this here. Mm-hmm. Now we get Britt Baker walking out. She does her uh, pays her respects to. Scott Hall coming out in the NWO black and white gear. I think she also wore her red and black Scott mm-hmm. Hall jacket as well. <laughs> they obviously have a uh, history. There was pictures and a, yep. a, a post shared by Britt Baker. So she comes out. And what I thought was interesting about this match was that Britt Baker wasn't the chicken shit heel here. She went at Thunder Rosa, yep. just like Thunder Rosa went at Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting because, again, you could have easily done the uh, Rebel or Reba, you know, whatever she calls her. I can't remember. You know, get out here and all that stuff. The only time she yelled for anyone was when she said to the ref, get the fuck in here. I thought that was awesome. She said yeah. the F word. Loved it. Yeah. No, uh, this felt like a fight. Like This felt this like felt we're like here to a, fucking kill each other. Yeah. This felt more like a control your narrative than those fucking dorks playing with their nipples. You know what I mean? Like this felt like a goddamn fight. Uh, is that what they do? I, I, I might watch that. Probably. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? They're just drinking creatine and fucking massaging their biceps. Reading fortune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah, this was, this was good. This now I will say, and it's a hard uh, bar to top, but this wasn't as good as last year, St. Patrick's Day smash sure. or whatever the fuck right. you call it. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker match. But man, if they didn't try, right? This was thumbtacks, Britt Baker falling on that tower of chairs right on her spine. Ah, yikes. I mean, this was incredible. What did you think though? Uh, same thing, right? Like they went at it. They had their brutal spots. Um, I thought it was great. Like you couldn't ask for a better performance. I think for a title match on live TV, you know what I mean? In this kind of like hardcoreish environment, and I thought they performed really well. I thought they hit the story well. I thought they did a great job. The only thing that I felt like could have been improved a little bit more. The finish felt a little bit like fuck. We only got forty seconds. Hey, fucking get here, come here, and like I felt a little rushed. Yeah, I think that is the the shit part of being the main event, right? Like we could have mapped all this out, but if anybody went long, well, fuck now you also have to be good enough to like, how do we condense this? And, and, or like, Oh shit, we're running long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like now what do we do? Well, and here's the thing that I would like to, and maybe I'm going off on a side quest here, but this is where I'd like to challenge the young bucks. You, you keep telling me you're the greatest fucking tag team in the world. And you can't just say it. And it's true, right? Like, I'm not saying that they don't have good matches, but I can't fucking recall a Young Bucks main event match, tag team match, where they have to go to the top of the hour, right? They have to get out at this time. Because the the book on the Young Bucks, at least in my opinion, is, well, they can have a great 42-minute match, but ain't no one fucking booking 42-minute matches on cable television. So I just want to see them fucking do that kind of shit. Now I know they've done some things where like they turned on Moxley and joined Kenny Omega and did that, but that was storyline. I'm saying like a classic match. 
get that classic match in this kind of time frame. I, I haven't seen it yet, but credits to these women. That was again side quest because I'm still not sold on fucking young bucks. You can't just say I'm the best. And that's the other thing too. The the commentary team. Hey, fucking tighten it up. You can't fucking keep telling me that the young bucks are the best tag team in the world. And they're not the champions. Yeah. You know who the fucking best tag team in the world is? In AEW's world? Lucha Express. Or, yeah. or Jurassic Express. Jurassic Jura- Express. Yeah. Right. Jurassic Express. Luchasaurus. Fuck those people. Yeah, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Because uh, Jurassic Express is your fucking tag team. So stop with the bullshit of the Young Bucks are the best. Look, I can't say I'm six foot two every fucking time because it's not true. Like... You know what I will harken back to? And this is on commentators as well, right? Watching back some of these Scott Hall things. For as shitty as Vince McMahon was at it, they had very clearly this person's cheering for the bad guy, this person's cheering for the good guy, and there's no agreeance whatsoever, right? Like, there is, like, no, no, this guy, fucking, yeah, kick him in the dick, right? Like, that's great. Like, that's the smart thing to do. You're an idiot if you're fucking trying to do the right, right? Like, they almost were ready to fucking slap each other at the booth. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, yeah, to to speak about the AEW commentary just for a quick second before we get back into some... A lot of circle jerking going on up there. Well, it's all the same person. Yeah. JR is Tony Schiavone is... Excalibur, who is JR. They're all telling you the same fucking thing. Now, Tony Schiavone might turn it up a little bit where he's like, I hate that MJF, but JR is also saying it. Now, he's not going to the degree that Tony is, and Excalibur is saying the same fucking thing that JR is saying. Yeah, nobody's telling the, the bad guy side of the story, though, usually. To the point where if you look at Rampage, they do it a little bit better because you do get Taz and Chris Jericho saying like, ha ha, that's great, Ricky Starks. I'd kick yeah, him in the Or you might even get too. Eddie Kingston once in a while on, uh, right, on yeah. Rampage on like Dark or something where he's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> you know? Like right, yeah. Kind of stuff. Poke him in the yeah. eye. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, you need, some, so, you need some heel in the booth, honestly. And they do on Rampage. I think we just need to take that to Dynamite. I think as great as the three of them are, hey, one available. of them needs to be something... Yeah, I'll fucking talk shit. Oh yeah, just let you lead the dance, but I can just come in and chirp. Cheer for Don fucking Callis and. Oh, I'll cheer for all those fucking scumbags. Dan Lambert. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you that the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. Doesn't make it fucking right, but you know what I mean, right? Uh, Yeah, that that was the one thing too. Yes, they're all saying the same thing, Mm -hmm. so it makes it a little bit difficult to be like, like the only thing I feel like that they separate on is that Jr. is like. Well, God damn it! Why would there be thumbtacks under the ring? <laughs> you know? I don't know, Jr. Right? right uh, but hey, let's uh, let's transition here because one thing I wanted to talk about. I want to do a one quick rant about WWE because we typically do that, or at least I do. But we got a hashtag tweet the table from Katie the First Lady. So at Katie the First Lady, she says, "Welp, the go home show maybe." question mark mm. hashtag WWE raw hashtag tweet the table and it's a gif or gif or whatever the fuck we're saying of cody with his hand to the ear saying like oh did you call my name and i i'll let you go in just a second but i want to say this one thing this is the shit that's ruined my favorite thing in the world the only fucking reason we think cody's showing up is because Sean Ross Sapp and 
uh, Dave Meltzer and, uh, you know, Wrestling Torch and all these fucking people are telling you. Yeah, we wouldn't have any inkling. If you're just watching the fucking show. Yeah. Cody isn't even on your radar. You know why? And I, I told you may, like it, some people may understand, like, well, Cody Rhodes isn't working there anymore. Like if we knew like his contract was up. But like, I mean, they're talking like I think they're going too far when they're like. And now he's going to sign with WWE. We're like, are we sure yeah. about that? Like, we don't well, know. it's like, yeah, because they've been saying, like, this is the last week that Cody could appear or else he can't make WrestleMania. Shut the fuck up. The Hardy showed up the night before yeah. uh, after beating the Young Bucks well, in Ring of Honor. I'm more concerned with the idea of, like, kind of what Devil Vamp was saying. Like, Cody Rhodes shows up at WrestleMania. I don't know. It's going to get the hugest crowd pop that they think it's going to get. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it does. Well, I agree with what you're saying, but I think my point is this. I told you earlier, uh, before we started recording, I just finished season two of the wire, right? In season one, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil well, something, but if you haven't seen too, it, you, yeah, you know, I'm watching all the hip new shows, yeah. right? But, uh, you watch Sex years and City ago. next. Have you heard about that? Yeah. I got <laughs> Frazier on tap. I tell you what, uh, but there's a scene in season one, and again, spoiler if you haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it, you don't even know what I'm fucking saying, where... Uh, Everybody else has seen it but you, apparently. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't seen but it. But where <laughs> one of the characters yells to the other, where's Wallace? Where's Wallace? Because Wallace got shot and killed, right? And that was shocking. You know what have fucking ruined it? If someone said, leak script of episode eight wallace gets shot it should happen this week on the episode and then i'm watching and it's like actually it's going to be on episode nine not eight i'm the only one who gets fucked because yeah. i'm not paying attention to only the things yeah. on my television so now it's let's just so remove stupid. all that right so let's say you're somebody who doesn't listen to this podcast which that would make you an idiot <laughs> but you're somebody who just watches the television shows right right just watch you it follow any online news you don't you don't get on social media you just watch it Cody Rhodes showing back up. I think you might be like, WrestleMania hit. Cody Rhodes walk out and you're like, eh, Stardust kid? Like, there's no like no. tie to anybody that he has a beef with. There's no. Well, that's where know. the story can come in, right? If Vince McMahon comes out and says, like, I created his beef all this. was with Triple H, but we're not going to see that, right? Like, I don't... Well, I mean, someone could fight on behalf of Triple H, right? Uh, Triple H could say, like, I created NXT. Brown Everyone Breaker says Dusty. Like... <laughs> well, I think it's, again, because I see it on Twitter because everything that's mm -hmm. like similar likes, right? It seems like it's going to be Seth Rollins versus Cody, right? So you could easily just say Triple H comes out, talks down on Dusty Rose. Hey, my protege, Seth Rollins will beat up you and all that, you know. But I guess it's just like if you're watching television and your whole enjoyment is, oh, I know because someone told me that this is when the surprise is going to happen. Like you're watching it for the dumbest fucking reasons. And yeah, this isn't like, like, and I'm not trying I to go at Katie. The entertainment would sustain me long-term to be like, cause then you're just watching to like watch the crowd and be like, ha I knew that already. But like that can't yeah, carry you week over week. Right. Like, well, and it's just dumb to even why, who cares? Right. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not going to watch. You didn't scoop that information. Somebody just told it to you. You just read it. Well, right? and even, yeah, and even so, even if you did scoop, it just doesn't make like. I'm not gonna watch the Super Bowl with you on Monday, and just like I don't know. I think maybe the Rams will win, and yeah, just like right. keep looking at you. And then when I'm like, oh, I guess, uh, guess the Rams did win. It's like, 
who fucking cares? Right. Like you, you're missing the fucking game, right? You're right. missing the stories. To that point, I do watch some live sports, right? Like I'm a Kansas State fan, which, yeah. uh, you know, we're Chiefs fans, which, you know, is mostly what well the until, fuck? you know, the last recent fucking thing. Super Bowl. But, we got a Super Bowl. We had one Super Bowl. Um, so there are times where I'm like, shit, I can't catch the game live. This day and age, we got the cloud DVRs on the YouTube TV. All I'm going to watch stuff. it later. Yeah. I do everything in my fucking power to avoid any spoilers i text my family in advance I'm like nobody fucking text me about the game right i'm yeah. like turning off notifications on my phone or just turning it off like uh-huh. we are trying to avoid finding out what happened because then even even as much as we love the chiefs if i knew like chiefs beat raiders 41 13 i'm not gonna probably watch that game back other than for a certain thing you know what i mean like it's right. just not gonna i'm not gonna watch it with the same fervor and emotion right and the same will apply yeah. to pro wrestling right like mm-hmm. if i know WrestleMania. I'm like, all right, let me watch WrestleMania. If I know Seth Rollins is going to get fucked by Cody Rhodes, like every time Seth Rollins comes out, like I'm just like, all right, well, this is where it happens, right? Like, and it's yeah. not interesting. The John Cena, right? Yeah, the John Cena comes out to wrestle Roman Reigns, and that leads to the SummerSlam. Well, if you fucking get, if you told it to me, and then he comes out, I'm like, well, I guess this is when he challenges him for SummerSlam. That's fun. And again, this was not like a slight on Katie. Oh, Katie not. is amazing. No. It, it's more just I'll a bigger. You, we used to read Katie's emails, and they always started off with "Hey yo." That is true. Right. Oh, but look at that! Mm-hmm. Full hey yo. But it's just, and I know I've harped about this plenty of times, and there's probably people who are rolling their eyes like, God "Damn it, I like it, so get over it." But I'm just telling you, you get over not it. Get over it. Well, just like <laughs> watch. I just don't get it. What? You know, we talk about like, why are you watching WWE? And we still haven't heard yet, but like, and nobody's told us much. I mean, I but, think somebody answered, tried to answer, but I think we're also changing. Like, there's a perspective that is changing, right? On WWE from the hardcore fans that yeah. which we are, right? But someone has to tell me why you subscribe to whatever it is the fightful newsletter, whatever the fuck they're called. Like, what is what are you getting out of that? Is it what you said, Tim, where it's like, ha, I knew. Who the fuck yeah. cares? Look, I get staying in tune. Like we run a podcast, right? And we try to live stream and we try to interact with viewers. So like we keep our eyes tuned to it so that we can speak to things, right? But I want to speak to the TV, like what's on the TV. Yeah, but if I wasn't doing that, I certainly wouldn't look at those things with even the little bit that I do. And two, like, I don't think a lot of you are doing that, right? Like, are you just doing this to go on your online form, like, and pass it off as your own understanding of yeah, what's going I just, on? Or just like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get that either. I just I don't, don't know why get. those people. Why do you want to do ruin what they surprises do. Yeah. too? Yeah. yeah. Now, again, there is interesting aspects that aren't on the television, right? Oh my God, this was a record-setting year for AEW as far as revenue. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, like, I mean, somebody's got to report on the injuries, and somebody's got to report on like. If a strained relationship happens and somebody leaves, like, we'd like to know what happened there, right? Like, that kind right. of stuff. But that would be even if, like, hey, you casted uh, Matt Damon for the lead of the next Batman movie. I'm just making it up. But then six months into production, he leaves? Well, right. what happened there? There's an interest because of that. But there's a difference if 
hey, Matt Damon's going to be the next Batman, and guess what? He kills Joker. That's yeah. going to be fucking what happens in the next movie. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm not going to go see that now. Yeah, right. It's bullshit, right? right? I'm like paying fucking you know, $30 yeah. to go see that. And why would you fucking ruin that? If yeah, why? We got, you know what? That's maybe a, this is another side quest here. Let's try to fucking talk to one of those dorks. I would love to have fill in the blank insider and just be like, what is the fucking purpose of what you're doing by ruining stories? Why? That's all I want to fucking know. Why? Yeah. Why? Makes me so aggravated. Anyhow, but what doesn't make you aggravated was AEW Dynamite. That was oh, it, it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I will say this though, as we mm-hmm. recap AEW Dynamite, it was in Thunder Rosa's hometown. She overcomes the villain Britt Baker to become the champion, and that is a Cinderella story. And it's refreshing in the sense that in the other promotion WWE, you always lose in your hometown, right? Mm-hmm. However. I'm ready for some swerves in AEW. I'm not yeah. saying BWWE, but I'm ready. Like, it was so. Yeah, I think like the Max, uh, the MJF, like, that's what I was saying. The pinnacle the... was like the last swerve I felt like we had. Right, where I was like, holy shit. And I'm not saying. And yeah, they tried to do it with the Hardy family office, right? And that way they did it. They tried to, you know, but that's a low level thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm talking about like a, oh, like a, wow. You're telling me Powerhouse Hobbs is now the leader of a Lucha new source faction? Kick Jungle Boy in the dick? <laughs> right, yeah. Marco stunts back and he cost uh, Jurassic Express the tag team championships. What the fuck happened there? Yeah, I want a little bit more surprises. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just a little bit more surprises. Yeah. Like real surprises, not Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not Jeff Hardy dancing while his brother's getting beat up. <laughs> <laughs> priorities but man i will to to jeff hardy's credit you know when your brother's getting his ass beat you're gonna go save him but you're also like eh, fuck he can handle it man, fuck well, you got himself like, into it right but you're also gonna be like you know who the fuck is here yeah, like, this guy look, i'm here to save my brother we all know he's a dick and deserves this but like i'm gonna <laughs> right? yeah. like so yeah. that's that's not unbrotherly like i will give him right. that yeah, that's <laughs> like true. he's right. like yeah i saved you but i also had time to flex on it because uh, I'm better than you. Um, fine, you know. Um, yeah. With that, I mean, we'll take a break for another week. We'll we'll recharge our batteries, and you can you know download this show and listen to it, and tell all your friends, and do all the social media stuff for us. We're on Twitters, the Facebooks, the TikToks, all of that jazz. And I mean, I guess we'll end it with just the final rest in peace, Scott Hall. The Spanish announce table.